Hey there, sweethearts, and welcome to the Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast, a place where you can come for an uplifting perspective on all things intuitive, a sweet retreat for your soul. So get ready, because your session starts now. Hello, sweethearts, and welcome back to Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast. It's your host, Andrea. I want to talk about something that keeps popping up on the Sweetheart Soul Sessions Facebook page. Well, the people that are part of the Facebook page have been reaching out to me to ask about meditation. Meditation is something that intrigues people or repels people. I feel like there's nobody in between. There are people that love it or are interested in it, and there are people that are like, no way, not for me, I don't get it, I'm not the type of person to sit still for that long. So I just wanted to pop on here really quick and kind of dispel any myths surrounding meditation, what it is, what it isn't. I think that the first thing that needs to be said is that it's not an issue of people knowing how to meditate or not how to meditate. There's no specific course or classes that you should take to learn how to meditate. If you have ever sat and daydreamed for a minute or maybe you were working on paperwork or something and your mind ran away with you and you were thinking of other things and then you realized oh my gosh I have to focus on the paperwork that I'm doing my my mind kind of ran away with me that is kind of similar to meditation anytime that you have taken a short break from anything that you're doing to just sit and take a couple breaths and kind of regroup, that is also, again, along the lines of meditation. So it's really not an issue of, I don't know how to meditate, or I don't have the time to do it. It's more of people not understanding how to be with themselves. I think that one of the benefits of meditation is learning how to be still within yourself. And I think that notion scares a lot of people because they're used to listening to the world's directives. They're used to listening to the instructions of where do I have to be next? Who, who am I getting together with? What phone calls do I have to make? What texts do I have to answer? We're always looking at what our next task is. And I think that the world has conditioned us so much that we don't know how to shut that out and ask ourselves for a few minutes, what is it that I want? How am I feeling? We don't know how to be with ourselves. We're so used to being with other people. We don't know how to be with ourselves. And I don't want to neglect the idea that there's some people that live alone um, and maybe they feel as though meditation is not something that they're interested in. And you might say, well, that person's alone all the time. They're always solo. They're not around a lot of people. Well, what's their deal with meditation? And again, it goes back to the directives of the world. What has been asked of you as a child? What expectations were you, what standards were you held to? All of those things come into play when it comes to being successful or unsuccessful with meditation. 
as a child, if you were taught that you needed to people please, you're not, you're going to find it harder to sit and go within because you're so conditioned to go outside of yourself. So I really think that mastering successful meditation starts with asking yourself the question, how do I feel being with myself? How do I feel when no one else is around? How do I feel in my own thoughts? I find that a lot of the people that I know that have had an aversion to meditation, a lot of times I don't think those people want to tune into their own thoughts. And so while that's a very sad thing, meditation can actually be helpful even for those people. And you might be thinking, Andrea, how? You're not going to sit and make somebody listen to negative thoughts or, you know, mind chatter that is self-destructive and things like that. But I really think that it's kind of like when you were a kid and you have a plate of food in front of you and let's say most of it is broccoli and you're like, okay, I, you know, little kids, at least the little kids that I know, their first choice is not broccoli. They'd rather, you know, have a hot fudge sundae or something like that. So if it, it's almost like your first couple of meditations might be like eating that broccoli. But then after you kind of sort through some of those thoughts that are bombarding you, you kind of get to a space of clarity. It's almost like a clearing in the woods. If you're walking through the woods, it's going to be a little bit frightening at first. There's going to be lots of trees and um, maybe there's not a definitive trail that you can follow. But at some point you are going to reach a clearing and it might be an open field with flowers and it might be really peaceful and you might be really proud of yourself that you went through the trees to get to that clearing. Meditation can do that, but you have to be committed the first couple of times in order to reach that epiphany, in order to reach the, you know, you have to eat your broccoli in order to get your hot fudge sundae. So because I'm going to be very honest with you, I did not like meditating at first. I was very anxious. I thought that I had to have all these special things. I thought I needed to light candles and have a certain type of frequency music. I thought that I needed singing bowls and that I had to have the perfect yoga mat and the perfect outfit. I didn't want, you know, to wear jeans while I did it. I want to make sure that I had like yoga pants or, you know, like I thought, oh, I had to burn incense. You know, I thought all of these things. And what I realized is that a lot of that can help people, but it's not required. You do not have to set up an entire metaphysical studio in your living room or in your bedroom or basement or wherever in order to be successful at meditating. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just need a space to yourself. Some people like music in the background. It does not, do not buy into the the hype that it has to be some sort of metaphysical music or Reiki music or some sort of special frequency or it does not have to be a particular vibration. You need to find something that speaks to your soul. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of mes- metaphysical people out there are not saying. I, I, they're, they're almost making meditation seem like it's inaccessible. Because 
there there's a there's a lot of benefit to doing certain things that I mentioned like there is a benefit to lighting a candle there is a benefit to smudging your space with sage or something before you meditate there is a benefit to listening to certain types of music while you do it but I think that when we that's all we talk about I think it makes it feel inaccessible to people that are just starting out and what's going to happen if we continue to do that less and less people will meditate and more and more people will hold on to anxiety that they don't need to hold on to. So any music will do. Classical music, if you like singing bowls or handpan drums or something that seems a little more ethereal, a little more eclectic, then go for it. Some people like nature sounds. I actually have never done a meditation listening to nature sounds other than I think I might have done a thunderstorm one before and I and I liked I remember liking it but I could you imagine how peaceful it might be for some people to meditate while listening to like birds chirping or a waterfall or just sounds of nature I think that that would be very relaxing so it doesn't matter specifically what kind of space or music or anything. You just have to follow what you feel you want to do. And and here's the other thing that people do is they think they have to sit and meditate for 15 minutes. That's the other things. People are like, I am pressed for time. I, I don't have 45 minutes to sit there and visualize my best self. There are some people literally that say this. And those people deserve peace and healing through meditation just as much as the person that, that is, you know, well-versed at it. And so what I say to the people that are like, I don't have time to sit and do this for a half hour, don't do it for a half hour. There are no rules. You could sit, set a timer for, for three minutes or don't set a timer. Just sit down and try to get into the headspace of I'm learning how to sit with myself. And when you feel like you're done, then be done. If you feel like you want to set a timer, if that sounds more comfortable for you, then do that. I know people that have started out with meditation by setting a timer for like 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a long time to sit with yourself if you're not used to doing it. So what I would recommend is start out with three or four minutes. That's it. Less than five minutes, guys. I mean, you can't even go through the, the, the drive through at a fast food restaurant in three to four minutes, even if it's something, a place like Chick-fil-A where they're very fast. <laughs> three to four minutes is all you need, okay? And then each time that you go, maybe add one more minute. One more minute makes a big difference. And then before you know it, you might be somebody that meditates for 10 to 15 minutes. You might set an alarm for 10 minutes and decide... I'm going to set it for another five. Like you may want to continue. I think that when you decide that you're going to meditate for the first time, or if you've been meditating for years and you're listening to this, it always helps to um, have kind of, a, I, I guess, I guess you could call this really like a, um, like a, like a quickie, you know, like a, like a meditation, like a pocket sized meditation <laughs> Where if you're somewhere where you can't do your full out meditation ritual, you know, or your routine, um, I think the people that have been meditating for years, you could use stuff like this, like on the go. Um, Focusing on your breaths, just breathing in for a count of five and then exhaling to a count of seven. The first time that you do it, just 
focus on that. If you're a beginner, just focus on breathing in for a count of five and exhaling for a count of seven. Do that for three minutes and then boom, you've meditated. I think that the word meditation also kind of intimidates people because it, it, it suggests that, again, that there's more to it or that you have to be the type of person that would meditate. I, the words that I like to use are, I, I use something called color concentration where I visualize colors. Um, again, though, even the word visualization Think of it as strengthening your clairvoyance, strengthening your intuition, um, tapping into your imagination, sitting with yourself, spending time with yourself, self-care. If the word meditation feels like it doesn't resonate with you, then label it something else. When people ask you, hey, why do you go in, you know, into the office for four minutes every evening? What are you doing? And there I hear like music playing. Are you like doing yoga or something, if you don't feel comfortable saying, I'm meditating, then say, "Every I'm doing a relaxation or I'm doing a visualization to help my anxiety. If that feels more accessible to you, then phrase it like that. And then it doesn't feel so overwhelming because if you're feeling overwhelmed about something that's supposed to help you not be overwhelmed, <laughs> I mean, that's very counterproductive. So... Um, focusing on the breaths, the tree visualization that I do, I've done this with students before and in sessions is you basically just envision the biggest, most beautiful tree that you have ever seen. And if you've never physically seen it in actual tangible life, then create the tree in your mind. You know, think about what the trunk looks like. How far up does it stretch? Are there leaves on it? What do the leaves look like? Is there sun cascading down through the leaves? Is it creating a, a canopy above you of like a lush, vibrant green color? As you walk towards the tree, can you envision how it would feel underneath your feet to walk over towards the tree? Little things like that become very relaxing to just think about. And and nobody's forcing you to stay still. Nobody's handcuffing you. You're literally just being asked to sit and visualize the tree. And some people might say, well, what benefit am I getting out of that after I'm done? Okay, so I think of a tree for three to four minutes. Like, what do I get from that? Meditation is so effective. It, it slows your breathing. It helps with blood pressure. It helps to diffuse anxiety. It distracts the mind from from negative thoughts or self-destructive thoughts. It interrupts the cycle of stress. The, the breathing in for a count of five and exhaling for a count of seven helps to purify the blood and bring more oxygen into the bloodstream, which benefits your entire body and all of the things within it. Um, another thing to do if, if forests and trees are kind of not your jam, like you could do a visualization of the ocean. That's another one that's really powerful. I remember years ago I was visiting my family in New York and, um, they live in Queens and we were, they live in Queens by the beach. And so I remember walking onto the sand for the first time when we were visiting in the summer. And the sand was so warm. It wasn't hot. It was just nice and warm. And like my bare feet just sunk down into the sand. And it was really soft. 
And as we walked towards the water, I could hear the seagulls. The air was nice and salty and fresh and clean. You could hear the crashing of the waves. You could hear people laughing, maybe some music in the background, people just enjoying the day. You could feel the warmth of the sun on your shoulders, the smell of sunscreen. So little things like that, even with me just mentioning those things to you, it should be um, it should be activating your pineal gland, which is your gland that is in charge of clairvoyance. It's your gland that's in charge of imagination and visualization. That's also the part of your brain that regulates your dreams. So as I'm saying these things to you, I'm sure that all of these sights and smells and feelings are coming to mind and your body will automatically have a physiological response to those thoughts. Just as if I were to tell you something stressful, your body's going to react to those stressful comments or what I'm making you think about. So it's all what you're feeding your head. It's all what you're feeding your brain. And meditation is just that. It's feeding your brain three to four minutes of something that is good for it. You can think of it as taking a vitamin for your brain, taking a vitamin for your mind, and strengthening your visualization abilities in the, in the process. If you're somebody that meditates regularly and um, you're trying to strengthen your third eye, you're, you're trying to strengthen your intuitive abilities, your clairvoyant abilities and things like that. Meditation is the number one way to do that. Do not waste your money on these really expensive workshops and things like that where people are like, if you take this workshop, you will absolutely become a psychic that will, you know, make millions of dollars every year. I mean, if that's what you feel called to do, then do it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Well, I guess I just did. I said, do not waste your money. But I respect your choices. You'll do what's best for you. But me personally, I would not spend money on that. Because at the end of the day, the only person that can strengthen your clairvoyant and visualization abilities is you. And the only way that you can do that is to sit and practice doing it. So um, I do think that sometimes workshops and things like that are are really beneficial to get us in touch with other people that want the same things. So for socialization and networking and things like that, and also to maybe bounce ideas off of people, there is benefit to workshops. But if you yourself are just personally wanting to strengthen this area of your life, getting more in touch with who you are and understanding your intuition, but also calming your anxiety and learning to be with yourself, how does it feel to be in your body? We have, we are, we will never be in full control of our lives, guys, until we are in control of our thoughts. And I'm not coming to you today as a hypocrite saying that, you know, I have complete control of my thoughts at all times. No one does. Even the, the best meditator in the world does not have control of their thoughts 24-7, they may have um, a better reflex at pushing away negative thoughts and focusing on the positive, which in turn creates less stress. But it's a practice. It's an exercise. So people that are saying that they don't know how to meditate or they don't have the time, to me, that's a cop-out. That's an escape Those are people that are just not in a space in their life or in a time in their life where they want to prioritize 
their inner self. And that's okay. But at some point, they might want to, and maybe they'll stumble upon this podcast and understand it's not as difficult as you think. The other thing that I hear, and I'll leave you with this, from people, the minute you say meditate, they say, well, I can't clear my mind. I don't know how to sit and and clear my mind. I have too many thoughts that pop up. I tried to meditate, and all I kept thinking about was what I was going to make for dinner and the fact I had to do laundry. So it seemed pointless, right? People have said that. But that's okay. You still meditated. So that's where your mind went. If you sat down and said, I'm going to focus on my breathing in for a count of five and exhaling for a count of seven, I have to take the chicken out of the freezer. Breathing in for a count of five, exhaling for a count of seven. I think that I bought a new fabric softener. I should probably try that. Breathing in for a count of five, exhaling for a count of seven. I wonder if we have rice. I'll put that with the chicken. If this is the way that you meditate the first couple of times, that's okay. Meditation is not mindless. It's not thoughtless. It's actually the opposite. It's quite active. Where is your mind going when you have time to yourself? That's what you need to know. And maybe something that you can learn from a meditation like I just described is that the the having to figure out what's for dinner and having to do the laundry, maybe that's your soul's way of saying that maybe you need some help. Maybe you should enlist some of the other people that you live with to help you with these things. Or maybe that just goes to show that you like to care for your family or that you are really focused on, you know, what you need to get done next. Where does that come from? Are you a people pleaser? Are you striving for too much? Do you, do you take time for yourself? Because maybe that's a clue. Actually, I'm willing to bet that it is. Nothing that surfaces in your thoughts and in your mind is complete throwaway. It all, ha- it all originates from somewhere. So after a while, if you try to meditate, after a while, I guarantee you won't have as many thoughts about laundry and dinner and and the next th- the you know work and the things that you have to do the next day or uh, maybe a, something that happened with a friend it'll those thoughts will fade and if you focus maybe on the tree visualization or the ocean one or even just colors just focus colors focus on colors swirling around in the wind just something pretty or something that 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 seems soothing to you I am willing to bet that after a while, you will want to meditate again. And again, it'll be like getting past that broccoli to that hot fudge sundae. And your body will thank you and your mind will thank you. You will find, just like I tell people after Reiki sessions and things like that, you will find that you feel more calm, that you're more resilient. You'll probably sleep better. You might even have really cool dreams. You will be less prone to erupt at people about small little things, you will see it benefit small in small parts of your life and then eventually bigger and bigger and bigger. And then after a year of doing something like this, again, baby steps, but after a year of doing something like this, you're going to feel a lot more centered than you ever have in your life. So 
with that, I hope that you guys decide to give meditation a try. If you have any questions about this, I'm always available for um, to answer those questions for you. So you can find me on Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook. You can send a message or request to join the group, and, and we'll go from there. But in the meantime, I hope that you are staying safe and well, and that you're staying close to anything and everything that keeps your heart sweet. I'll talk to you next time. As always, just a reminder that Sweetheart Soul Sessions is a place for you to come and feel uplifted, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and sometimes physically. Nothing that is said on this channel or within these episodes are to replace any real medical or professional care that someone needs. Anything that's discussed on Sweetheart Soul Sessions should be complementary to what you already do in your life to better yourself, mind, body, and soul. Thank you so much for listening. And if you find yourself craving more sweet inspiration, you can look up Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook. I'll see you there. Mind is just dropped. Listen, I am talking. We are real. Sweetheart, don't get me started. You call me here.